Welcome into the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by Andy's Frozen Custard. Kelsey at the 20, 15 to the 10, and into the end zone, touchdown, Kansas City! On your weekday home for Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Mitch Holtis. The ball is out and picked up by the Chiefs. It's on Nick Bolton. Nick Bolton at the 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kansas City! Your official broadcast partner at the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Once a run of boot, being chased by Chris Jones. He is wrapped up and eaten by Chris Jones. Here's Jay Binkley. Oh, yes, the Kansas City Chiefs with a nice 27-17 win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Our phone number is usual, 913-586-7610. The same as Jay Southland Toe Service text line, 913-586-7610. Chiefs get the 10-point win over the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars today and the offense that sometimes people have been worried about. Matter of fact, we took some calls last week about people worried about the offense. And I had to say, take a deep breath. This team is the only team in the NFL averaging over 30 points a game. Now, I might come down a little bit today because they only hit for 27 points, although they did miss an extra point. But they ended up with 486 yards against the NFL's number 16 defense. They played the Bills. They played the 49ers. They played all these top defenses in the NFL. And it just doesn't matter. They play the Titans. They find a way to win. 486 yards for the Chiefs. They had 303 in the first half. And Robert Griffin III uh, sums this up perfectly on Twitter. He said, what happened to all that talk about the AFC West teams dethroning the Chiefs? Question mark. Oh, my Lanta. There's so much talent in the division now, and the Chiefs don't, don't do enough to keep up. You don't got to keep up when you're already ahead. Chiefs are still the cream of the crop. But say this all year. The Chiefs are the team to beat. Yeah, that narrative out there is, oh, it's the Bills. Oh, it's Josh Allen. You know, they're the Super Bowl favorites. Well, the Super Bowl favorites, the Buffalo Bills, after losing today to Minnesota, what was the game of the year in the NFL? Incredible choke job by the Bills. Incredible choke job by Josh Allen, who fumbled the ball at his own one, plus through an interception at the end of the game to ice the game for the Vikings. That's not what an MVP does. MVP doesn't do this. We talked last week about Emmanuel Acho putting out the comparisons with Mahomes and and Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes might have won the uh, NFL MVP today because Josh Allen did not. And they're on Twitter, you know, the NFL Network people, oh, Josh Allen just led the Bills down. Look what he's doing. Well, he didn't finish it. He didn't finish the job. The Bills lost the game. In the NFL, the job is to win the game. The Chiefs are finding a way to win the game, and they're still the team to beat. Patrick Mahomes, every year he's been a starter, he's either lost the AFC title game or lost the Super Bowl, yet people still want to downplay him. Yet they still want to say Josh Allen's better. The fastest quarterback ever to seven, to, uh, through 75 games in touchdown passes only took him 72, passing Dan Marino. They are still the team to beat. I know the Bills were the Super Bowl favorite. How can you be the Super Bowl favorite when the Kansas City Chiefs reside here, when they've won six straight division titles, when every coach in this division has never won a playoff game? Not only that, every coach in this division has not even gone to the playoffs. But that's right, your Kansas City Chiefs at 7-2 and two lead the AFC. They're the one seed. The Dolphins at 7-3 and three are the two seed. The Titans, Ravens, Jets, Bills, Chargers rounds out the playoffs in the AFC. The Chiefs at the Chargers for Sunday night football. The Chargers on later on Sunday night against the San Francisco 49ers. By the way, the, uh, the Broncos losing today to the Titans. The Broncos have totally found a way to fall apart of themselves. And the Raiders are trailing Jeff Saturday. That's right. Jeff Saturday of ESPN, former player, never coached a down except for high school 
is beating the Raiders. What that means, Jed, is you and I could beat the Raiders. We might be able to beat the Raiders. I don't think that's accurate. Well, I mean, don't know unless you try. We just have to surround ourselves with smart people. <laughs> Proving why I don't think that would be possible, because you and I are not smart people. We'll see. We'll see, Jed. I mean, maybe we do it. Maybe we don't. But the bottom line is the Kansas City Chiefs are the best team in the AFC. You know, Colin Saunders stepped up again. We've been talking about Colin Saunders really last three or four weeks, saying, man, this guy has just looked different this year. This guy's been a difference maker. He gets that sack. Ran his mouth this week, but you know what? He cashed the check. It's one thing to write checks, another thing to cash them. He's cashing the checks that he's writing and making this run defense formidable for the Chiefs that came in third in the NFL in running defense. Oh, excuse me, fifth in the NFL. He dropped the fifth this past week in the NFL in run defense, which is still a lot better than what they've ever been. But getting to the quarterback, 12 sacks is all that the Jags have given up all year. Trevor Lawrence has found a way to escape the pocket. 31st in the NFL giving up sacks. Only the Chargers fewer sacks than the Jags have given up. The Chiefs didn't care. They had five sacks today on Trevor Lawrence, and they bottled up their running game. And oh my, look what happens when the Chiefs use a spotlight running back. They chose that to be Pacheco. It's amazing when you keep giving the ball to one person what can happen. Because you know what? They may have a, you know, a few good carries. They may have some bad carries. And I'll go back to my favorite guy to watch the NFL carry the ball, Barry Sanders. He did like seven yards in the first half and ended up with 163. You got to keep feeding him. Not comparing Pacheco to that. I'm just saying you keep feeding the running back. 16 carries, 82 yards, 5.1 per carry for Isaiah Pacheco. Mahomes, 7 for 39. Tony actually 2 for 33. Can there is Tony stand up, man? 90 yards combined. He had a more of an expanded role with Juju Smith-Schuster going in the concussion protocol. So bottom line is he had to step up. He didn't know the full playbook yet, but he did. Not only that, but he looks good with the, with the ball in his hands. This yards after the catch just going to come for Kadarius Tony. But anyway, that was the rushing. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, no rushes today for the Kansas City. Jerry McKinnon just had one. So the bell count today was Pacheco. It's amazing what happens when you give the ball to one person, freeze up Mahomes. He still does what Mahomes does. Still three for 331 yards and four touchdowns. That's what MVPs do. Enough of me. Let's hear from you. Let's go no huddle. Edward Jolaire gets the handoff. Off the first head. Off the second half. Off the third head. And into the sweet nectar of the end zone. Taking your calls now at 913-586-7610. Let's hear from you in the no huddle. Silverstein Eye Center phone line ready for you. Kansas City's most trusted eye doctors, 913-586-7610. Jay Southland Toast Service text line, 913-586-7610. Let's go to the phone lines and talk to Dave. What's up, Dave? Yeah, Blake, I agree with you on Josh Allen, but but if you the Chiefs are not unequivocally the best team in the AFC after what we saw last week. Who Jacksonville is then? Who is then? Who is then? The, the the Tennessee Titans are the best team in the NFL. The Chiefs just beat them. After what we after the travesty, Jacksonville doesn't have the talent to to compare. You you the, almost the Titans, got beat. The you Titans on your home field last last oh, week. Oh man, I don't want to hear Tony Titans. Is, the Tony Titans. is not Dave, good. Dave, you need Dave, back Dave. them. Dave, shut you, up, shut up for just a second, Dave. Seventeen to ten, the Titans beat the Broncos today at home. That's a bad team, the Broncos, and they barely beat them. And the Titans lost the Chiefs, so I don't want to hear it, man. I don't want to hear it. You ask. You I ask said, who's the better team? Watched, the Chiefs proved they're better than the Titans. We were dominated for three and a half quarters. The team today couldn't compare. 
you need to be worried about waking up alone at night about getting possession against the Tennessee Titans. What the hell are I you talking about, man? Got to get better here's or the thing, Here's the thing. You're an idiot. I mean, bottom line is you are. Seriously. Look in the mirror because you're an idiot. Because guess what? The Titans were the number one seed in the NFL last year in the AFC. What happened? What happened? They peed down their legs and couldn't handle it. I don't want to hear the Titans are better than the Chiefs. Well, the Chiefs are coming off a win against the Titans. They're also playing with Malik Willis at quarterback, which yeah. I don't think anyone would want. And I know that even Ryan, with Tannehill, I was going to say, even with Ryan Tannehill, sure, they're a much better team and they're probably more efficient. But I don't think Ryan Tannehill is a quarterback that you go into a playoff matchup I mean, and did, are, are Tannehill scared of. did play today. But sure. Malik Willis couldn't complete a forward pass last week against Chiefs. Now spare me with the Titans. Let's go to Big T and Shawnee. What's up, Big T? Hey, Bing, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, man, I don't know what's wrong with that guy. He probably thinks the world's flat, and he's got to watch out for anybody. It's probably the Miami Dolphins right now, the way they're playing. But screw Tennessee. We, we put the, You play what's on the schedule. We play tough against them. They play tough against but we won the game, Dave. Come on. They, anyway, they played last week, and the Chiefs won. I mean, that's right. They took that's, care of business. That's what happened. didn't take care of business today. The, the, oh, guess what? The Buffalo Bills and the anointed MVP. What did he do? He threw an interception at the end of the game. And, and, and his injury report was hour by hour. It was like a, it was like a, a soap opera. Screw Buffalo. Just talk about the Chiefs. How about the MVP, Patrick Holmes? MVP. MVP. He just keeps doing it. He's the, he's the best trigger man in the league. He's the king of sling. And, and you know, when we get a guy that, that was on another team and he comes to our team and he has all that talent, you, you learn that playbook, you work hard, keep your head down. Andy Reid's going to find a way to use you, Kadarius Tony. Way to go by that, young man. And how about that defense, Bink? Woo, them linebackers all flying around, Gay and Bolton. you got a, a star in the making, Trent McDuffie. Way to go. And then that defensive line. You know, that, that offensive line for Jack, they didn't give up a lot of sacks this year. We got to that, that punk-ass pretty boy quarterback five times today. How about Carlos Dunlap? He, he, he hit a milestone. Chris Jones, way to go. Colin Sanders, woo! This defense is kicking ass and taking names. We're, we're, we're playing good ball. Pacheco edited the fumble. He had a nice day today, too. But way to go, Travis Kelsey. And that whole just picking it up, they were cheap shotting us. That officiating one very good today, but we ain't going to cry about officiating. We took care of business, and that's what the Kansas City Chiefs do. That's what Andy Reid does, and this is why we're the big dogs on the porch. This is why we're going to be the team to beat. And, and, and Bink, I'm just wondering, as I leave this call, what about we, we need to talk about this Buffalo a little bit. We've got the number one seed right now, but watch out for the Miami Dogs. Let's just keep our head down, keep playing hard football. And you know what, Bink? I'm concerned about the special teams, that onside kick, a little bumble in the end zone, and punt, punt and kickoff returns, uh, fumbles. we got to clean that up. That could come back to bite us, but we're not going to uh, 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 bag on the negative. It was a good victory today, as always. Let's go, Kansas City Chiefs. You're, you're the king of the king of the hill. Thank you, Big T and Shawnee. Good stuff from you. But, yeah, the Jags did start off with that onside kick. I mean, it was great, great play calling. I mean, they saw something in the Chiefs special teams, and it was a gutsy play call by Doug Peterson. But that's what you got to do to beat the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead. You have to do stuff like Jacksonville did. I mean, the Chiefs were going to get the ball first. Then all of a sudden, the Jacksonville Jaguars basically swing the momentum and have the ball to start the game and get the ball at halftime. And we're 3-0 in the turnover ratio. And for the Chiefs to have a 10-point win at home, considering that they lost the turnover battle, is just a testament to uh, putting their nose down and playing good football. But the Kansas City Chiefs, they're the best team in the AFC right now. 
I mean, yeah, Buffalo did beat the Chiefs. Yeah, but this is the same thing that happened to Buffalo last year. You know, right after beating the Chiefs last year in the regular season, Arrowhead Stadium, everybody anointed them, you know, the champions of the world. And then they go and lose the following week in prime time. And then later in the season, things were clicking. Things were looking good for the Buffalo Bills. And then guess what happened? Huh. They lose 41-15 to at home to the Indianapolis Colts. Then turn around and lose to Jacksonville when that was just the misguided ship last year and didn't matter. Nowhere near what the Jacksonville Jaguars are this season. This team that I think is on the rise, this team going places. I think, I think Trevor Lawrence is a very serviceable uh, quarterback and looking forward to what he can do in the future. Let's now talk to Josh Klingler, sideline reporter of the Kansas City Chiefs, as we do each and every week. What's up, Kling? Skull. Skull. That's right. Skull, Skull. for Vikings. Skull. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was, uh, hey, Chiefs won. That was great. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo lost. That was awesome. It was so, yeah, awesome. I think, I'm, I think uh, everybody kind of feels the same way, right? The Chiefs did what they needed to do. And uh, I'll tell you what, I was not in the locker room. I was in the locker room as the, the, the Chiefs were starting to find out that the game was close late and they were getting pretty excited. I was not in the locker room uh, when the ultimate decision happened. But I tell you, they'll, there were a bunch of them uh, paying attention to what was going on. So I'm sure that they were – they were uh, as loud as any when uh, when that pass was intercepted at the uh, tail end of things. Best game in the NFL this season, that uh, Bills-Viking game, unbelievable. But how about Jeff Saturday with 13-7 lead over our friends, the Raiders? Uh, mixed feelings about this. Um, I want the rest of the AFC West coaches to do just enough to keep their jobs. Yeah. So uh, I, would, I would just assume the Raiders maybe squeak by and don't put their coach in jeopardy. I, I don't. I don't want any of these teams no. the opportunity to get better at the head coaching position by by firing their current guys. Yeah, hundred percent. There, Josh Klingler, of course. <laughs> hey, I mean, I love it. I love the attitude. Josh Klingler, of course, the co-host, Fesco in the morning, and also Chief Sideline Reporter. All right, Kling. Look what happens when you give the ball to Pacheco. We were talking about this last week um, on your show about using a featured back. Like, how do you make this running game better? In my opinion, you make it better by g- giving it to one guy. I mean, yeah, you mix in some McKinnon and stuff like that. They just one carry, though. But they stayed constant with Pacheco waiting for the big break to happen. I mean, especially after the fumble. And we've seen that as kind of an Andy Reid staple as well, that um, he fumbled the football. They got it right back to him the next drive and, and, and stuck with him and made it. He was running hard. He was finding some success. I thought behind, like, Trey Smith and that right side of the line, I thought especially they were finding a lot of success running to the right today and, and just kept after it. So, so yeah, I, I don't know if it'll be the same formula each and every week, but uh, certainly he got the uh, the majority of the reps today and, and, and ran hard. And, you know, uh, other coaches might pull somebody after that, that type of fumble happens. We've seen Andy Reid time and time again give the guy confidence. And I thought going back to Pacheco was terrific uh, today. And obviously – he uh, he rewarded them with with how he played. No, he really did. You know, the constant. Then Mahomes just does Mahomes things. I mean, he had 331 yards, the four touchdowns, 39 yards rushing. These are almost getting to be pedestrian numbers for him, Josh. I mean, just every single week he puts up these numbers. And in the past, we would celebrate numbers like this, but we have them every week. Yeah, I know. It, it, it has become it has become kind of just commonplace, right? I'm, I was said this a few weeks ago. I get mad when he like throws it away when he, when I know he should, you know, um, that, that you're almost disappointed. Like, well, you didn't try to make a play happen. He had one bad play today. That was the interception. Um, other than that, I thought that interception was bad, but you know, you can't, uh, those times where he goes for it, 
normally work, and then there's times where it doesn't. That was a, does a bad interception today. But, but no, his ability to use his feet again today, when he saw the field open up and uh, had the opportunity to take off and, and run, he did. Uh, he mixed the ball all over the place today, played at times without, you know, three of his starting receivers for a spell. You know, McColl not there today, and Juju knocked out and MVS off the field, and, and you're still making it making it work. And then I – I hate to be other teams' defensive coordinators, but, oh, my goodness, could you try to cover Kelsey at all? I mean, he had whatever he wanted today. Yeah. Um, and uh, he just worked the middle of the field. They they lost track of him for a little while, I thought, but then I got him going again uh, later in the game. But, my goodness, he just abused the Jacksonville. So, um, really, you know, nicely done by the offense. The defense, I, I'll continue to sing their praises, too, today. Obviously, sacking the quarterback huge. That defensive line, there was a play made by every single guy on the defensive line today. You had a you had a play that you could go, you just go up and down that line uh, through the two deep and say he made a play, he made a play, he made a play, he made a play. Um, I thought the defensive line was outstanding today. They hold that team to 75 yards rushing. Um, uh, you know, this team made some mistakes that they need to clean up. There's no doubt about it. But uh, in in full control of this game today, and then then you look around the league again. Uh, now you're atop the AFC, and the road comes through you. So uh, just keep taking care of business, keep stacking wins, and let's see where it ends up. Yeah, the Jags are a good running football team, averaging almost 147 yards rushing a game. Defensively, you know, they're pretty good too. Seventh in the NFL at stopping the run. The Chiefs, you know, had their way with the running game today. What was it like on the sideline cling when Tony's in there? Because one thing I've noticed with Gary's Tony, the guy, you either have it or you don't. You have that X factor, that it it seems to me he has the it, especially when the ball in his hand, he makes people move, miss. Well, it's it's kind of unbelievable, right? Because you could see teams believing he's just going to be a decoy, and they're using him. Like, he could be a really effective decoy if you wanted him to at this point in time and just say, hey, just go out there, feign as if you're going to do this. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to be able to get to the ball here just yet. No, they're, they're, they're running a lot of plays for him already. And so, and then he's making them too. Um, his leaping catch uh, in the first half down the sidelines and kind of a double team scenario. He went up high to get the ball, uh, top of the top of the football kind of kind of leap. Um, they haven't had that guy. Uh, he's he's a different component to be able to go up and get it like he can. And then uh, all the ways you can use him, you know, end arounds so that we haven't seen fully yet. And uh, yeah, I'm 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 pleasantly surprised how fast they've been able to work him into the offense. The only gripe would be. Uh, get away from the punts, but but I think I think uh, that may be just a little bit uh, kind of overhyped at this point in time. I'd like to see him just leave leave those punts alone, not risk uh, turning one over in that scenario. But no, he's been he's been great in a in a certainly a crash course couple of weeks. No question, Clay. That crowd sounded great today. I mean, they really did. They do not like refs. One thing about Arrowhead crowd is they do not like the refs, and they're more than happy to let them know. And I, I love it, though. I, I love it. They're into the game. <laughs> hey, if there's a bad call, they will let you know. Yeah, it was funny. Um, they were they were booing, right, when uh, when the Juju Smith-Schuster uh, play was not called a penalty. And then right when Mitch and Danon sent it down to me on the field, they started chanting BS, BS, BS. <laughs> and it was like, I don't know, it sounded like it sounded loud as day in my, in my, uh, my ears. Uh, right as they sent it to me down the sidelines, but um, that that Juju one was was unbelievable today. Um, I, I don't I don't know what they saw that was indicated shoulder to shoulder. He was he was hit awfully hard and and obviously was 
was uh, struggling to get off the field. Uh, you know, I'm hope, hopeful he can get back in a short turnaround, but wouldn't be shocked if this one's not going to linger a little bit. Um, but yeah, this I didn't feel like the best day for the uh, for the zebras, and yeah, the, the home crowds are not tolerating at this point. I think that there's just been enough games this year where they're like enough's enough's enough. Even anything questionable is probably going to get booed. But uh, I think they had a, a couple of cases uh, today that were a little bit uh, a little bit iffy. Kling, I tell you, you know, you th- talk about the offense. People are always excited when the offense plays, but this defense has been electric in themselves. And you talked about it a little bit, but Colin Saunders and what he's doing. Three straight games, he's been a part of a sack, either having a half sack or a sack. And he's not known for a sacker. He is a run stuffer. And Chris Jones, the most dominant one-on-one guy in the National Football League, even, even better so than Aaron Donald, just keeps getting the job done week in and week out, up to seven sacks already. Yeah, and, and he's getting the numbers to go along with it too. You know what I mean? Like there's been times where, where you see Chris Jones having such an impact and then you look at the stat sheet like, well, the stats didn't show up. Now you're getting impact plus stats, yep. and he's really getting after That's the quarterback point. well. I thought, I thought Karloff, this was big today. I got a chance to catch up with him after the game, but I thought but he showed for the first time, I thought, in a few weeks. He's been trying and trying and trying, got there and tipped a couple of passes, uh, got himself in the, in the backfield a bunch. Um, I, thought, I thought he was really good. I had a whole defensive line. I can't, I can't say enough about that entire really too deep that played at, at defensive line today. I thought they were outstanding. Kling, Kling's the co-host Fesco in the morning, be on at 558 with Bob in the morning. Of course, he's also the chief side and our porter on 106.5 The Wolf with Mitch and Danon. And he knows good offense because he's a Hawkeye. Just kidding, Kling, on that part. But <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, everyone's in the mix in the Big Ten West. Look they out. Are, they are, man. Offense galore. Good stuff, Kling. <laughs> I'm glad to talk to you before 5 p.m., um, I did come on when it was still dusk a little bit. There's still kind of yeah. daylight a little bit. So there's daylight. We are good. How about yeah. that? We are good. Well, enjoy your drive home, my friend, and uh, at Los Angeles for you next week. Yeah, the the flex game back to back to prime time against the uh, the Chargers. So we can all root against them tonight. I got a feeling uh, that they'll they're not healthy, fully healthy tonight. I got a feeling everybody will be back for them next week. It's gonna be a oh, yeah. gonna be a big one if they can figure out a way to to hang in yet another game. Um, you know, the, the Chiefs got to put the stiff arm. It's not going to be easy. You know, the Chargers get up for the Chiefs. So another big one next Sunday night. It'll be a lot of fun. Clint, can't wait to hear from you after that game as well. It'll be earlier your time, although you'll get a couple hours on that airplane back to Kansas City. Thanks, Kling. Thanks, Big. There you go, Josh Klingler, sideline reporter of the Kansas City Chiefs, joining us on the Silver Side Ice Center phone line. We're going to take a timeout. We still got Pete Sweeney at ErnChiefArrowheadPride.com and you in the locker room coming up next on the Arrowhead Pride postgame show. Welcome back to the Airhead Pride Post Game Show. Jay Binkley with Jed Marshall producing Chiefs 27, Jags 17. I know it doesn't fit the national narrative, but the Chiefs are the number one seed right now in the AFC. Oh, they like talking about Josh Allen. Oh, they like talking about the Bills. But lo and behold, there's the Kansas City Chiefs. Now they have to play in defense. They're playing just fundamental football. And today they're able to run the football, which is a good sign for the Chiefs. Because as I said, the best position in the NFL is running back for the Chiefs. When you have a quarterback that gets the attention of the defense so much like Mahomes, because he'll turn around and burn you with the run. He's not exceptionally fast, but he is a great runner. And when he's when you don't have to see eight man fronts as a running back, it's a perfect position to be in. We'll take your phone calls, then we'll go back to Pete Sweeney. But right now on the Silver Sign Ice Center phone line is Gino in Overland Park. What's up, Gino? Well, hi. I just had a couple of comments. Uh, first of all, regarding the Chiefs, watching 
the new guy from from New York, uh, boy, it gives you a lot of hope that this could be an unmanageable offense for other defenses. Uh, that kid can play, and I hope he's not just a total head case because you could just see today after a year and a half of doing nothing in New York, for him to do that much that soon, you could see the the body control he had, the speed, the the the, the change of direction. He he's everything is advertised on the field, so it makes you think that our offense could be as unmanageable as ever. If he works so, out, I mean, yeah. you're talking about a third-round pick and a sixth-round pick for the Chiefs this year. I mean, it's 100% they won this trade. And he had yeah. those hamstring injuries lingering in training camp and, and throughout the season had two of them. But sometimes you get in the right place. Now, if I was a Giants fan, I'd be pissed. I was like, where was this guy? He did have 39 catches for over 400 yards last season. But he was a first-round pick from just a year ago. We're not talking about four years ago or three years ago. Last season. But, man, he's in the right offense at the right time. Yeah, this is the right place. But the real reason I called was to uh, uh, make a couple of comments about Josh Allen. Now, I've been watching him, and I don't know if you got a chance. I watched the Chiefs game, but I've got the red zone, so there was a lot of coverage of the Bills game, and I don't know if you got a chance. Got the to, got to see the, all the important stuff at the end, the fumble, the yeah. pick, the uh, Allen melting down. I basically saw all of it. Well, well he, here's the thing about him. He has been a very, very good quarterback. Absolutely. Uh, uh, MVP quarterback for a, a short period of time, for a couple of years. But other than that, in college, in the first few years of his pro career, he was not. He was a quarterback with promise that made a lot of mistakes. And when I watch him in the last few weeks, he has been that quarterback again. So he has reverted. So what I'm thinking is that until further notice, until you see with your own eyes, otherwise, I believe, that Josh Allen is the quarterback that he used to be until you see him stop making mistakes. Four red zone turnovers in two weeks. There's something wrong going wrong between his ears, and maybe it's exacerbated by his elbow, but there's something wrong with him mentally, and I'm very pleased about that. What I'm expecting to see, and then I'll get your take on this, what I'm expecting to see is an erratic Josh Allen for the rest of the year. I think he's lost his mojo. He's lost his confidence. And I'm very glad about it. Well, so that, you know, that's all. yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people are, but the thing about Josh Allen, I mean, I'm, I respect the guy. I like watching the guy play. The guy, the guy's a hell of a quarterback. Thing is, he's just not as good as Mahomes. Yeah, he's one of the top three or four quarterbacks in the AFC, probably number two, to be honest with you, behind Patrick Mahomes. But when's he going to win? You know, how good are you going to be if you don't go to the Super Bowl? You know, Joe Burrow's already been in the Super Bowl. Mahomes already been twice. Justin Herbert, all the praise he gets, it's slowed down this year, but he's never even made the playoffs. Yeah, Josh Allen, eventually you got to get to the Super Bowl, man. So we'll stop talking about you. You know, if you don't, if you if you get there, then everybody's talking about you and throwing the roads at your feet, saying you're the next thing, the next greatest thing. And well, you know, Mahomes is still here and Mahomes is still proven that he's that guy. But right now we go to Pete Sweeney. Pete's appearance brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, number America's number one sports book. In the official sports book of 610 Sports Radio, he's also the editor-in-chief, ArrowheadPride.com, hence Arrowhead Pride postgame show. What's up, Pete? What's going on, Jay? It's, it's, it's nice to be leaving Arrowhead before the sun sets. I'm, I'm walking, walking out to, the, to my car as we speak right now. Uh, we haven't had one of these day games at Arrowhead Stadium in a long time. No, it feels good. It feels good to get the win. Plus, 
you know, it's for Chiefs fans, you know, to sit there and watch the end of that Bills game, which that was just pure excitement. I mean, that was for everything that was on, on, on the table. The Bills go, and I know this is a Chiefs postgame show, but it is important to talk about the so-called team to beat in the AFC. They're the sixth seed right now, and the Chiefs are one. That's how big this afternoon was in the AFC. Yeah, and, and I, I think it just goes to show you how close all these teams are, right? So you, you can go from being the top seed in the conference to being in sixth place, which how the seeding works and, and whatnot, and the division winners being on top. And, yeah, suddenly the Miami Dolphins are, are up there now too, which is uh, interesting in itself. But, yeah, but the Bills lose. And it's a cool moment. We're, we're sitting in the press conference wait, waiting for, for Andy Reid to come to the podium. And the Hunt family, of course, sits. Uh, with us in, in the press conference as we go through these things. And you could see um, Mrs. Tavia Hunt looking over to the TV and you're hearing uh, the, the Chiefs fans in, in like the bar area that's right next to the press conference. They're screaming their head off like they're watching the Chiefs, but of course rooting for the, the Vikings and, and Tavia Hunt is, is poking her head in and obviously they're very happy with having control. And, and yeah, you, you, you can see in the NFL that, that change happens quick. And so the Chiefs get the win. The Bills lose, and now the Chiefs, if they can just continue to win games, put a lot more pressure on the rest of the conference, and if they are able to win these eight games in a row, they'll be hosting the playoffs once again. After watching the Chiefs, Pete, and seeing a lot of the top teams in the AFC up close and personal like the Bills, uh, you've seen the Chargers, um, you've seen the Bengals on TV, you'll get to see them um, play Kansas City later on this year. Are, are the Chiefs, and you saw the Titans last week, are the Chiefs head and shoulders the best team in the AFC? Or is it fortunate with games like today, the Vikings and Bills? Or yeah. do they deserve to be the number one team in the AFC? You know, I, I think they are. And we know the offense is good, but I, I think the reason I say that is because of how good the defense has looked. I don't think we expected the defense to look as, it, as good as it's looked, especially being so young. And that was something I asked Andrew Reid at the podium today. And, and he just says, you know, it's a, it's a credit to the players and the development. And I, I made sure to highlight what Nick Bolton is quietly doing when it comes to these young players and having them in position and taking the reins in the second year. You know, after Anthony Hitchens, you're seeing the defensive line finally come along and the secondary's good. I know the, the Jaguars beat them a couple times today with, with Christian Kirk, but Christian Kirk's a pretty dang good receiver. So even if you're playing that, that tight coverage, sometimes that happens. But I just think the defense – makes this a complete team. And that's why I, I think the Chiefs really do have the best team on paper. Of course, you got to win the playoffs. We saw what happened last year. If you're, you're not ready, you can, you can get upset. But I just think from a paper standpoint of where they're at, injury-wise, I know we'll see about Juju and, and LeMond and Andrew Wiley, but I think largely they've stayed healthy. And so hard for me to pick anyone else at this juncture. When you look at the Kadarius-Tony trade, a three and a six, for what he's meant to this offense, still didn't fully understand the playbook. And, of course, Andy Reid's playbook and Eric Bieniemy's is just an extensive book. Um, I don't know if people still remember phone books, but it's about that size as far as the plays for the Chiefs. But he's going to be asked to do more and more. And, you know, without Hardman and then without Juju getting hurt, you know, it's about step up and participate. Well, he did. He only had 90 yards, uh, 33 on the ground and 57 through the air, including making a tremendous catch. But Kadarius Tony. Wow, the returns on that trade coming in pretty good for the Chiefs. Yeah, I think the Giants kind of look a little silly uh, at this stage because it, it feels like the Chiefs might have got him. I know we're very early in this, and we'll see how, how he develops. But I've, I've been really impressed with how quick that he's been able to have an impact in Kansas City. The one thing that you always hear about this Andy Reid playbook is it's just very hard to, to learn it overnight. 
essentially. And I think that being with Mike Kafka, who was here last year, really helped, I think, Tony in that regard. And sometimes, you you know, it takes a couple games. Sometimes it takes half a season to even notice a player. Like, look at the Josh Gordon experience. Not that it's the same exact thing. Of course, Tony was drafted last year, but uh, that didn't work out. You know, it's not an easy thing to necessarily do. So I've just been impressed with not only what he's been able to do in these first two games, just how fast he's had an impact. And, you know, the the way that this is trending, it seems like, He'll get more and more plays each week, and as guys get healthy, we'll see about Juju, and we'll see what's going on with McCall in his abdomen. You know, I tend to think maybe this is becoming a red shirt, red shirt year in, in a sense for Sky Moore, especially now that he's been replaced in punt return. But I think that's okay, man. I, I think I think now maybe you look to 2023 for Sky Moore, and, and you really lean into Tony because, as you've seen, it's very exciting when he has the ball in his hands, and I think they got to continue to orchestrate touches for him. What do you think of these in-season moves for the Chiefs? I kind of wonder where you put it, Pete, because obviously Terrell Suggs is a great, you know, off-the-field move. I mean, the guys respected him and how he went and took notes and brought a notepad, but on the field, the production just wasn't like you'd expect it to be, or was it like you expected it to be? Melvin Ingram did make a difference, I feel, because he really changed the attitude, I believe, of his defense when he came in. But Kadarius Tony has a chance to make even a bigger impact considering this team is about the offense. Yeah, and and I think just the way that this offense is set up in previous years, it, you know, you had Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, and they were eating a lot of the touches, and there just wasn't a lot of room because of these two elite players. I think Kadarius Tony plays a, a really nice role for the Chiefs, and it's just another tool for Andy Reid in this offense. When you really look at the targets today, just the amount of players that have two or three targets is it's wild, and, and the Chiefs trust a lot of guys this year. And I'd imagine for opposing defensive coordinators, it's really tough to defend every single piece of this offense. And Tony, I don't even know if we know the ceiling of Tony yet. New York definitely didn't work out for him. You, you don't really know exactly why or what happened, but they weren't finding ways to, to get the ball in his hands in, in good positions. And right now in, in Kansas City, it's just seeming like he might have been the missing piece we didn't know um, was missing in, in a way. I, I think – Maybe you can return to that explosive offense. I, I don't think he's exactly Tyree Kill. I don't think anyone is. But I think he definitely adds back that explosive element that maybe was missing with some of these guys like Juju and, and MBS. Talking to Pete Sweetie, editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com. Yeah, I love, I love when the ball's in his hands, the yards after catch. I mean, you go back and watch his highlights even a year ago, some of the things he does with the ball in his hand. One, one last question on offense, and it's Isaiah Pacheco. I remember talking to the guys this week. I was like, you know what? I just like when teams go with one. I know that running back by committees, way people do it, but you keep giving running backs chances, and they will find that crease. They'll get into a rhythm, and it's hard to define what a rhythm is in the NFL, but these guys get into certain rhythms, and he got in one today against the league's seventh-best run defense. Yeah, and, and I just, you know, this was something that, that I that I wanted to see, and, and I wasn't necessarily picking Pacheco, but I just felt like they had to pick Pacheco or Clyde and really lean in and give them touches because like, how can a running back really get going throughout the course of a game? If you're, you know, having him touch the ball four or five times then you're taking it away from him. And I actually tweeted out this week. I would love to see what Isaiah Pacheco's line would look like if he got between 11 and 15 carries and they gave him 13 a day. I know some of those came at the end of the game as they were trying to drain the clock. But uh, when you have 80 plus yards, that's, that's kind of the result that you get when you feel good about your running back. So I, I like Clyde. I think he's a, a useful player for the Chiefs. I think maybe more is that of that running back receiver type of deal. But I'd love to see them just continue to get Pacheco these early down touches because I, I think you saw the result of what can happen when a guy gets going. 
And finally, Pete, on defense, you know, these linebackers continue to fly around and make plays. Willie Gay with eight tackles, Nick Bolton uh, with eight tackles. And then there's the story of Colin Saunders. You saw the way this guy played in training camp. There's questions if he's going to make this roster. You know, he talked this week about how the run defense comes through him. I like a guy that uh, writes checks and then cashes them. He did cash it. But Colin Saunders has had a sack or a part of a sack in three straight games and been a lot for this run defense. It's not even mentioning Chris Jones now up to seven sacks. But between this defensive line and these linebackers that flow around, Chiefs have something defensively here they haven't had in the past. 100%. And Colin Saunders has been a pleasant surprise. I think how quick Karloftis has had an impact has been a nice surprise. Chris Jones is Chris Jones. Uh, but now you're in a place where the defensive line is really playing well, and you're getting Frank Clark back. I know the Chiefs didn't make any splashy, splashy moves besides bringing Tony, and especially on the defensive side, I know people were, were hoping for that. But this has been a nice little turn of events where you have the line playing really well, and then you're getting one of your key pieces back next week. It, it almost is going to seem, I think, like an addition. I understand that Frank Clark isn't the same player he necessarily used to be, but he's coming off his big game. Uh, against the San Francisco 49ers. That was his best game of the year, and he's got to be excited watching some of this, and I'm sure he's hungry to be a part of it. So we'll, we'll see how Frank uh, comes back after the suspension. But like I said, I, I just think the Chiefs got to feel good about themselves because they're so complete right now. And I'm not sure if any other team in the NFL, especially in the AFC, could say the same. Good stuff. Pete Sweeney's editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com. Of course, Pete's appearance brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook and the official sportsbook of 610 Sports Radio. Good stuff, Pete. I know that, uh, well, you'll be on 610 this week, and you'll be on television and everything else that Pete does. Yep, but the year, the year, of course, rolls along. Smile yeah. later, Jay. All right. Damn it. He got me. I tried. He got me. The whole smile you later thing. You didn't wish Pete a happy birthday either. You know it was his birthday earlier this week. I sent him happy birthday. I know on Twitter, but you... Just spoke to him in and person. I, play, I played cards with him the other night. We're, Did you tell good. him happy birthday then? Hell no. I took his, he took my money. So the hell no I was saying happy birthday. Damn Pete. Why, why would you? You lose hands to a man. You're not going to tell him happy birthday, right? You're right. I actually, you've sold me on I mean, it. He I casually don't like, showed up late wearing a Christmas sweater and he takes my money. You're, I'm, you sold me. I don't like Pete Sweeney anymore. <laughs> I don't like Pete either. But anyway, we come back. Your phone calls 913-586-7610. Also, Jay Southland Toe Service text line. Got some text. I want to dive in here too. 913-586-7610. And we'll head inside that locker room next. Welcome back to the Airhead Pride Post Game Show. Jay Binkley with Jed Marshall. Just kind of chilling out here in first place. Chiefs are first place in the AFC. So quick things move in the NFL. The Bills, by the way, everybody's favorite team has slipped to sixth place in the AFC. I don't expect that to last very long, but you never know. The Bills find a way to uh, to do this to themselves from time to time. Our phone number, 913-586-7610. Silverstein Ice Center's phone line. Go out to uh, Reggie in Anaheim. What's up, Reggie? Not much, man. Kicking back, chilling, enjoying the beautiful California weather and another Chiefs win, man. Well, you know what? It's uh, a fine California evening. They'll be in California next week for you, Reggie. Yeah, yeah. Of course, I'm excited about that. Uh, I just had really just one quick point to make today. Um, Obviously, the win was really good. I was impressed with the secondary. Uh, today, they, they, they played very well. The defensive line was active. We finally started to feed Pacheco the ball more, which is 
what we what we've been needing to do. And the Kadarius Tony trade, essentially the Giants gave him just gave him to us. And here's what I mean by that. We had uh two third round picks, one of which was just given to us because Ryan Poles was hired. So, you know, that that pick that was given to us we didn't have until he was hired for the Bears. So essentially the NFL gave us a, an extra asset and then with the uh uh the guy that we sent to uh to Atlanta, uh uh felt what's what's old boy's name? I forget his name already. Um number twenty seven. The guy that we Fitton, sent to Rashad Atlanta, Fenton. Rashad, Fenton, Fenton. Rashad Fenton, yeah. So we sent Fenton to Atlanta for a seventh round, for a seventh round pick that could be a sixth round pick, you know, if it if everything plays out. So you essentially got back the asset that you sent to Buff, uh, that you sent to New York for Tony, and then you were gifted that third round pick anyway. So essentially, the Giants just gave us Kadarius Tony for free, and I think that's just an amazing. Heads up trade by Veach and company, uh, and not a moment too soon because I think he'll be leaned on heavily for uh, for next week's game against the Chargers, man. So uh, that's all I got to say, Bink. I, I hop at the phone and uh, go Chiefs. Take care, Reg. Reggie Anaheim right there. And here's the one thing about it is it's it's hard not to remember. This team has, has won their last 24 games in November. They're one last twenty four games in November, December. You know, when the when it's crunch time and money's on the line, look at the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, find another team that's been able to do this. November, December are the imperative times in the NFL. Start making some space, start building yourself up, get into playoff position like the Chiefs have. They take care of business. They are the number one seed. They've been there, they've done that. They know exactly what they're doing. And they're not finding ways to lose games at home like the Buffalo Bills did today. But, you know, this Chiefs defensive line was active. They had five sacks today on Jacksonville. Jacksonville had the second fewest sacks given up all season. They were number two in the NFL. Only the Chargers have given up fewer sacks, which could change tonight. But the Chargers were 32, meaning number one in the NFL. And they were number two in the NFL, being 31st. By only 12 sacks given up this year. The Chiefs got five on them all season long. The Jags have given up 12 sacks. They give up five today to the Kansas City Chiefs and the defensive line. Just an impressive performance from the Chiefs. The linebackers flowing around, too. If they can keep doing that, Willie Gay moving around and doing what he does and getting eight tackles, and Nick Bolton, who is the most sure-handed tackler in the National Football League, continuing to do what he does, sky's the limit for the Kansas City Chiefs. But before we head inside the locker room, let's hear today's touchdown calls with the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, Mitch Holder. It's time for Touchdown Kansas City. Hartman waits for a block, and he gets the 15-10, explodes, dies, the Jets has landed the plane. A highlight-filled summary of the game with the voice of Chiefs Kingdom, Mitch Holtis. Touchdown, Kansas City! Touchdown Kansas City brought to you by Tullamore Dew. When it's game time, it's Tully time. Kansas City Chiefs get things started right off the bat with, well, a newcomer here in Kansas City. First down and goal to go at the six. 3.42 to go. First quarter, no score. Mahomes, Pacheco. They fake a jet action. Mahomes wants to throw the ball, slings it wide open right side. Kadarius Tony walks the tightrope and is 
hopping into the end zone, touchdown! Kansas City, is it football or gymnastics? Kadarius Toney lands it for a gold medal and his first National Football League touchdown. Five plays, 80 yards, 238 off the clock, a six-yard touchdown strike from Mahomes to Kadarius Toney, his first touchdown in the National Football League. And don't often do that, but that was our Tully touchdown of the game, brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. So raise the glass this week's Tully touchdown with Tullamore Dew. Irish whiskey, when it's game time, it's totally time. The Kansas City Chiefs would get on the board again. Don't forget the Chiefs. When this whole game started, a little onside kick from Doug Peterson, Jacksonville Jaguars, very smart move. But you know what? The Chiefs defense stayed. They stayed the course. Even though they lost a turnover battle today at home, the Chiefs just stayed the course and won the game by 10 points, which up till now, up till the, this week, the NFL had seven games that were seven points or less in the fourth quarter. More never happened in the National Football League. Games so close. But not Kansas City Chiefs games, but a lot of people call. They wonder what's wrong with the Chiefs, what's wrong with you. Well, watch other games in the NFL. Watch other games come down to the wire. The thing is, you don't. And you like to call in and talk about the Chiefs and what their offense is doing because you're not watching the rest of the NFL, which I strongly suggest you doing because offense is terrible Right now in the NFL, it's why the Chiefs, the only team in the NFL, to score over 30 points a game coming into this game. Chiefs would strike again. 10.03 to go, first half. Pacheco stays in, hands on his knees. They fake to him this time, does Mahomes. Steps up into the pocket, fires for the end zone. Wide open, touchdown! Marquez Valdez-Scantling! And tosses the ball up in the air after an 18-yard touchdown reception. The Jaguars lose MVS and pay. MVS 18-yard strike from Patrick Mahomes' his second touchdown pass of the game. MVS first touchdown as the Kansas City Chiefs. 9.55 left in the second quarter. Three plays, 59 yards, a minute 23 off the clock. Scores 14 to nothing. Kansas City Chiefs, you think they're done? No, they were one to uh, bury the Jags early just in case. 14 to nothing. First and 10 at the Jacksonville 13-yard line. McKinnon halfback left, sprints to the near flat. Mahomes will fire for the end zone. Caught near side touchdown. Kansas City, Noah Gray, Patrick Mahomes with more touchdown passes than any quarterback in National Football history in his first 75 games on a 12-yard strike at 46 seconds to go, second quarter. Yeah, the second quarter of the 72nd game, Mahomes already has the 75-game touchdown record. That's how good he's been. Noah Gray, by the way, his 14th catch on the season. I think my 15-catch Noah Gray bet, uh, burrito bet, might pay itself off to one CDOT this season. Take that, Carrington. Eight plays, 86 yards, 235 off the clock, 46 seconds left going in to halftime. So the score is 20 nothing, Kansas City Chiefs. Then just a wild inning to this first half. Jaguars get on the board again. Jags are three by one. Zay Jones is split to the left side. Travis Etienne, a very dangerous. Now Zay Jones coming in motion. Trevor Lawrence back to throw. Fires it left. It is caught and a big hit made at the three-yard line on the far side by Willie Gay Jr. Kept them in bounds. Are they going to rule this inbounds or out of bounds? Now they have marked the ball at between the three and the four-yard line. And the Jags get a touchdown. Then they miss. They get the ball back with the they get the ball back at the first half there, and they miss miss the field goal. They missed two field goals in this game. That made the score twenty to seven. Then Riley Patterson would actually hit a field goal for the Jags 
opening up the third quarter. Nice drive by the Jags, by the way, to start the third quarter. 17 plays, 58 yards, 9-14 off the clock. Culminates with a 35-yard field goal. 5-46 left in the third quarter, making the score 20-10. But the defense, after that 17-play drive, holds them to just those three points. But then, at the end of the third quarter, the Chiefs would get their last touchdown. Second down. Goal to go at the six. Chiefs are spread. Three wide left and a triangle. Two to the right. Now Mahomes fires. Kelsey. Quick touchdown. Kansas City. A fourth touchdown pass by Patrick Mahomes. This time to Kelsey. His buddy for seven yards. Sweet nectar of the end zone. And the Chiefs lead 26 to 10. That's right. Travis Kelsey finds that sweet nectar after 10 plays, 75 yards. Probably the drive of the game for the Chiefs, taking 508 off the clock. That's with 38 seconds left in the third quarter. Jags would score again, 526 left of the game, making the final score 27 to 17, Kansas City. And that's our touchdown, uh, Kansas City. Touchdown, Kansas City, brought to you by Tullamore Dew. When it's game time, it's totally time, as we heard from the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. And that was kind of a wild sequence of events. And again, the Chiefs lost the turnover battle today. You know, start the game. To start the game with an onside kick and boom, Jacksonville has I mean, Jacksonville did what they needed to do if you're going to beat the Chiefs. But giving up 486 yards with number 16 defense in the NFL, not the way to go. Chiefs were able to run the ball at will today against the Jacksonville Jaguars. 82 yards for Isaiah Pacheco as they stick with one running back. Don't forget the seventh best run defense in the National Football League. But the Chiefs get 486 yards. The possession time was nearly... Identical, about three minutes apart uh, between these teams. But that's what happens when you run the football. And still, Mahomes gets 339 yards and four touchdowns to the air and adds 39 yards on the ground. It's unbelievable what this team can do when they get up and run. As far as uh, the locker room as well, here from the locker room now, player sound in the locker room brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. After the game, here was uh, here was Isaiah Pacheco, who ended up with 82 yards. All right, you had a little kind of up and down. Um, ball pops out in you, yet we've seen like going right back to you. How big is that to to have somebody kind of get you the ball again and get you confident? Um, you know, for me, uh, it's uh, keep. Is there gonna be highs and lows to keep uh, my head down and, um, and play football? You know. Uh, for me, my brothers were there to pick me up, and they told me, oh, come on, stay at it, uh, head up. Um, you're going to get another shot at it. And when I did, uh, I made up for it. And um, most importantly, uh, you know, my brothers picked me up and uh, allowed me to uh, be successful today. Running hard. Describe what you were seeing out there, especially along that right side of the line. Looked like you were kind of running behind the big boys on the right. Hey, uh, you know, I just told the big boys, let's go, man. Uh, we got to get, get rolling. Uh, let the guys fill us early so we can uh, get past some throws and you know, kind of mix it up. So we did that, and, you know, I'm, I'm really blessed, and, and, and I want to praise the O-line because they did a good job tonight. Getting this running game going, how big is that emphasis for this offense? Um, definitely a big emphasis. You know, keep guys uh, flowing, uh, keep teams uh, not knowing what's going on. So for us, you know, just whatever we do, uh, come out hard next week uh, and practice so we can execute and get ready for the next team. You got a bulk of the work today. Did you expect that that was going to happen? Um, whatever coach wanted me to do, I was ready and, uh, you know, just stay uh, positive the whole way through it. What, what are the keys to, to, to finding those, those right holes and finding those, those blockers to find? 
Um, it's mental toughness and, and, and physical toughness. You got to have that physicality and, and be willing to uh, hit that hole, explode through it, and um, uh, let the defense uh, fill you. There you go. There's Isaiah Pacheco with Josh Klingner, chief side reporter, of course, co-host Fesco in the morning right here on 610 Sports Radio. As far as the injuries, Chris LeBond's concussion protocol, Juju in the concussion protocol as well. As you remember, he got the kind of keyhole there in the helmet earlier this game. Wiley is sprained elbow, according to Andy Reid, as Prince Tagu entered the game at right tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs. He noticed number 70 out there at right tackle today. We're going to take a time, and we'll come back. We'll go back inside that locker room here on the Arrowhead Pride postgame show. Hey, welcome back to the Arrowhead Pride postgame show. Jay Binkley with Jed Marshall producing the operation. Yeah, the hit on MVS, that was more of a legal hit. I mean, it was. It's not one that you don't like. But the first one, yeah, I mean, the NFL did, you know, implement the defenseless player rule and by rule he's a defensive player at that point because he's not able to protect himself when he got hit and of course it's a lot of text about uh, Harrison Butker the missed extra point now it didn't bite him yet it could have bit him last week don't forget last week against the Titans they left four points off the off the board the Chiefs did they missed a field goal and they missed an extra point by Harrison Butker it hasn't hurt the Chiefs to this point it could have. We could be talking about an L. And you know how precious it, precious it is to get a win or loss in the NFL. Ask uh, Buffalo today who gets a loss and slips to number six in the playoff standings. Going to overtime should have never happened against the Titans last week. So they got to figure it out. He'll make those miraculous kicks and then he misses. I don't think he's 100% back yet. I don't. I when you, when you see him kick, I mean, why is he missing extra points in two straight games? It doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Let's go back inside that locker room brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound. Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Here's the rookie, George Karloftis, who didn't get a sack today but made an impact on the outside. How about the play this defensive line? You guys really got after it again and really start. Looks like the entire rotation of guys are now getting involved. How big is it when all you guys are going? Yeah, I mean, when we're all on the same page, you know, four rushing is one. It's hard hard for anyone in this league to stop us. That's how we feel. Uh, we have guys that, that bring different things to the table. You know, we're excited Frank will be back next week, so that'll bring a whole other element in what he brings to the table. And, you know, just just really happy to, to get another win, you know. Winning isn't easy. So Stopping the run first and foremost every game, but how big was it today to emphasize that, that run game? It was huge. You know, this game was ups and downs and everything like that, you know. So, you know, that, that initial three and out was huge. Uh, you know, really stopping the run game and, Making them one-dimensional for them having a pass, you know that was that was kind of our recipe for for success against this unit. Yeah, I was gonna say, what was the game plan kind of against this team? It looked like they were trying to get the ball out quick after you guys started putting pressure on them. Yeah, it's similar similar to really any other team, you know. Try to make the, them one-dimensional, uh, make them make them stop the run, make them not feel or not feel great about the run game, force them pass the ball. You know, that's that's I think mean, that's not just our recipe; that's everyone's. You know, so. Uh, getting that done is awesome. Seeing you line up a little bit inside today, the versatility of this defensive line as well. Can you speak to that of moving guys around and everybody kind of filling yeah. different spots? Absolutely. I think that that kind of goes uh, along with guys not having egos. You know, uh, I don't know what it's like on other teams, but 
we're going to line up wherever, you know, just just so we can have success as a unit for Russian as one. Uh, so, you know, it's all about the, the success of the unit, not necessarily the individual. And whether that's me lining up at nose or Los lining up at three technique, it's, it's all about getting home at the end of the day. I think I had you for a couple tip passes. What are the keys to, to getting your hand up and getting in the way? Well, you know, we, you know, I think those those came on a couple games that we ran, and you know, just getting my hands up, you know, seeing that all right, it's probably it's probably heading out, you know, after the three second mark, you know, so getting your hands up, getting occupying that lane, you know, I was in the A gap or B gap both those times, and just just getting your hands up, trying to make a play. How comfortable are you feeling now? Is it kind of is it slowed down at all for you? Did you get a point it's where it's starting? It's to? starting to. It's starting to slow down. You know, getting more and more comfortable. You know, going going up against great offensive linemen, offensive tackles. You know, so it's always a challenge every week. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely slowing down. I feel more confident with my play, and uh, it's going to start rolling more and more. When you watch the film, you're going to see a lot of this rookie class in this particular game. How how much have you seen from this overall class getting involved? Yeah, I mean, we have a big rookie class, and I think without a question, the, our, this rookie, this past rookie class has a big impact on the team. Uh, that's not something you see on a lot of other teams, I think. So, you know, it's awesome to be a part of that and uh, to be one of the guys included in that. And it just, you know, couldn't be proud of those guys, too. Thanks for a few minutes. Yep, you bet. All right, Brad, that's George Karloftis. So there's George Karloftis here. We saw a sack that he made, Leo Chanel. Who, by the way, he, he led Wisconsin in sacks the last two years, and he's an inside linebacker which is extremely tough to do. You know, Pro Football Focus does college football now for college football focus. He had a higher pass first grade than T.J. Watt as an inside linebacker. Pretty impressive, Jed. Pretty impressive stuff by Leo. But that's where their sacks are going to come from. They're going to be manufactured, right? I mean, the guy leading your teams on the interior, they blitz with Jerry Sneed all the time, missed the sack today, could have had an extra sack today. But that's what they're doing, putting pressure on the quarterback, making them feel uncomfortable in the pocket, not let them get in rhythm. If you let Trevor Lawrence get in rhythm, he can be a dangerous quarterback. He is top 10 in passing in the NFL. Give him time. And also, he's a good runner. He's a very underrated runner as far as that's concerned. Chiefs did a nice job uh, keeping him inside the pocket. Well, the newest Kansas City Chief had 90 yards today for the Kansas City Chiefs. 33 on the ground, 57 through the air. And Kadarius Toney's already made a difference with this team. Here's wide receiver with wide receivers. Chiefs color analyst Damon Hughes joined uh, Kadarius Tony after the game. Right here with Kadarius Tony. Kadarius, outstanding job today. A little bit more added to your plate. Seems like you're getting confidence with this offense, getting more indoctrinated into, into this offense. Talk about this experience in your first NFL touchdown. Uh, I, I, I just want to thank God, thank uh, Andy Reid for really believing in me, um, just putting me in position to be successful. I mean, I couldn't do anything without really God right here. I mean, I just prayed hard before the game and uh, just went out there and played. Uh, it, it was a great experience. I mean, just one to remember, but just all about how you build off of it. And talk about, like, your guts. I, I notice in your game it doesn't seem like there's a, a position that is too big for you. You go down, you're, you're, you're catching punts off the turf and maybe having people grab their chest a little bit on the sideline and in the stands. But that is kind of a tribute to your, your confidence on the field. You feel like you can be a playmaker. Oh, yeah, yeah. I feel like, uh, I, feel like I could be a playmaker. I just got to go out there, believe in the coaches that they put me in the right position and go out there and do uh, the best of my ability. And how about this Jaguars team? Obviously, you guys, to me, you were a better team coming into the game. How big is it that you're able to play a pretty decisive game, a decisive win, multi-score win, and get to seven and two? 
I mean, uh, no no slack to those guys. Every team in the NFL, it's hard to get a win in the NFL every week. But uh, we just came out to execute better. Uh, we had a lot of stuff that we could build off of, a lot of turnovers that we shouldn't have had. Um, we're just moving on next week right now. All right, congratulations. Thank you. There's Dana Hughes with newest chief, Kadarius Tony, who did have the hamstring injuries in New York. It just didn't work out there. Sometimes a new change of scenery does change the complexion. I know Giants fans are gripping, saying, well, this is the guy we thought we drafted. And Kadarius Tony, the Chiefs were interested in him last year. He was a first-round pick. And, you know, we're not talking about a first-round pick three years ago or four years ago. His skill set fits the Chiefs. You know, he did run a 4-3-9, 40-yard dash. I know, I know McColl's a little bit faster at 4-3-3. I think Tony could withstand some some hits, but you can put him in the backfield. You can do everything else with Kadarius Tony. I think he's a nice piece to what this offense uh, needs, and he's still on that rookie contract, which is huge for the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's go back inside that locker room, brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas, uh, home for, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Here's the quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, speaking after the game. Patrick, what did you say to uh, Kadarius after he scored his first touchdown? I honestly don't know exactly what I said, but I, I was hyped up for him. It, it was funny because that we had some plays designed for him to score. In the, but if you would have told one play that I didn't think he was going to score on, it was that one. But uh, it, it was it was it was cool to see. I mean, everybody was excited for him. Um, luckily, he didn't run out of bounds. He was getting close there on the sideline. Um, I actually heard him as the route was going on going, hey, because hey, hey, he was wide open. So that, that helped me out a little bit. From our perspective, it looks like design, or it's just kind of a, a, a stray thing that worked out? Yeah, it was, I mean, obviously, it's obviously in the play design. This like the fifth read. So it, we, he was kind of the distraction guy trying to bring kind of guys over. And then I wanted to kind of go flat to the stick route to the over to Kels. And then I heard him yelling, and I was like, man, who's yelling at me over there? I looked over, and he's wide open. So it was, he was in like the last read in that play. Um, but in this offense, that last room might be open sometimes. So you got to stay, stay ready for it. Patrick, why do you think it's, it's come so easy for him or seemingly so uh, so far here in KC? Yeah, I mean, first off, he's a smart guy. I mean, he, le- he learned a lot fast. And uh, we've been able to put him in positions, uh, especially a lot more this week. Um, but uh, he's a smart guy. He plays hard. Um, and w- whenever he's got his opportunities, he's made plays happen. And uh, this offense, is, like I said all year, it's going to be everywhere. And I think you saw that again today. Um, guys stepped up and made plays happen, and uh, that's that's the special part about this offense. Following up on that, uh, obviously last week uh, in the Sunday night game, MVS we had one one target, one catch. Today he got his first touchdown uh, pass of the Kansas City Chiefs. How does that make you feel? Yeah, I was excited for him because he's made a lot of big plays happen. And I, I felt like I've kind of un, not under underthrown, but underthrown him enough that he hasn't had some of these big play touchdowns that you expect from him. Um, and so for him to, to another play where he's not necessarily the first read, but working his way, getting himself open um, and making a play, uh, I'm excited for him because he's, he's kept it going. He's kept, even though he's not scoring touchdowns, he's making himself ready and available. And I mean, that's that's a big part of this offense. Patrick, um, what do you think of the hit on Juju? Yeah, I mean, it's tough, man. Um, Obviously, I don't think there was like any ill intent from the player. I mean, he's just trying to knock the ball loose and, and do stuff like that. Um, but uh, obviously, there was some helmet to helmet contact, and um, we we want to get that out of the league as much as possible to keep the, for player safety. Um, so if we can review that and kind of make it to where there can be some type of penalty or something, uh, I mean, obviously, you want to get that stuff out of the league as much as possible. Can you clarify? Do you mean to make that reviewable, or do you just mean review the? No, whole no, I don't. I don't it, it, it's so it's so hard in this league, man, because these guys on defense are playing, too. They're trying to do their best to stop us. Um, but, I mean, by the rules, I mean, if it's helmet to helmet, it's supposed to be a flag. And uh, I know that guy wasn't trying to. Um, and I know it's a bang-bang call that doesn't always go your way. 
Um, but you want to do your best to try to get that stuff out of the league so that we can have those guys out there playing and being safe. Pacheco was in, in camp and OTAs to where he is now, even early in the season to where he is now. Are you surprised he's made that kind of progress? I mean, has that uh, been more than maybe you expected at this point of the season for him? Not, not, not really. I mean, he's he's a he's a super he's a smart guy as well. Um, this offense is hard, especially on that running back position, uh, to learn because you have to do all the protections, you have to do all the routes, you have to run the ball, and we have different type of run schemes. And so, for for him, he's he has all the talent in the world. So now he's just going to continue to get better and better as he learns those little tricks of the trade to kind of go out there and and make stuff happen. Where you might this this read might not even be exactly how it was scouted during the week, but how can I make this run work? And as he gets more and more reps, he'll get even better. Patrick, did you have you seen Juju after the game or at halftime? You get a chance to talk to him yet? Yeah, I got, I got to talk to him. Uh, I mean, obviously it was scary uh, when you're out there, um, but I mean, we saw him after the game. He seemed perfectly normal. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's just uh, he'll. I'm sure. I don't want to say anything about the injuries. He'll sure have to do something to get himself back available for us, um, which is, I mean, the right thing to do. Um, but uh, he seemed like he was his normal self, giggling around, joking around, and stuff like that. And uh, let's just take precaution and get him back healthy as fast as possible. You they threw a flag and picked it up. On that play, and then on, on the interception you threw, they threw a flag for roughing and picked it up. Did you get an explanation on why they picked that one up? The roughing one wasn't roughing, so that's probably why. Um, but uh, I wish it was, so I didn't have an interception, but, uh, <laughs> but it, it wasn't. Um, the, the one where he got the helmet to helmet, I, I believe they were saying something about he was leading with his shoulder. Um, but I mean, it's. You, I know. I know those guys aren't trying to helmet to helmet hit guys. I mean, we've we've preached that in this league, and we've we've tried to take care of each other. We want to play hard and compete, but we're trying to take care of each other out there on the field. But uh, I mean, it, from the review, it looked like it was helmet to helmet. So I'm sure they'll review that. They'll make their changes and come back better next week. Patrick, I talked to Orlando this week and, uh, and asked him how he thought he's been doing against some of the great uh, players that he's played up against this week. I don't think you don't think they gave up any sacks. Talk about your offensive line play this week. Yeah, I think they've accepted the challenge these last few weeks. I mean, even. Last week, whenever there were sacks, there was more coverage stuff. It wasn't on the offensive line. I was holding the ball too long and stuff like that. And uh, that's another great defensive line we face today with first-round draft picks, guys that are big, uh, fast, um, physical, and they did a great job running and, and pass protecting. So I think as the season goes on, offensive lines, especially with the rules – in training camp, they get better and better, at least the, the really good ones do. And I think you see in our offensive line as the season goes on, become that elite group that we all expected. Last one, Patrick. There was, sorry, there was, uh, it seems like just a little more on Kadarius, this is about as fast as you've developed a rapport and a trust with somebody. And I know you spoke to it a little bit, but what's the biggest challenge for him to be able to do what he's, he's doing? And for you to trust him like this already? I think the biggest challenge is, I mean, it's, I don't know if you, it's a challenge. I think it helps that he was kind of in a similar offense in, in New York. I mean, Kafka's there, so he, he understands some of the words, and it kind of clicks to him about stuff like that. But, I mean, ever since he's been here, he, he's got to be in that, that facility just as much as I have. I mean, he's getting, making sure he knows the splits. He's making sure he knows exactly the route uh, combinations, the different audibles that we have at the, on the offense. And, um, I mean, when you have a guy that's that talented that wants to learn and get better and better, uh, those are those special players that you want on your team. There you go, the quarterback of the Kansas Bill City Jaguars. Chiefs, I see. Patrick Mahomes. We'll hear from Andy Reid when we come back. But the bottom line is, Jed, I mean, you look at this game, you look at the win. I mean, Mahomes is not going to, you know, throw other players and the other team under the bus, even though, well, he, you know, probably wanted to. But it, I give him credit for not doing it. You know, they know it's a tough game. And, you know, here's the thing with defense. There is something about defensive players. in what's the Chiefs defense, like, what are you going to do? You're going to completely let up? Because if you start to let up, you're going to get yourself hurt. So that that what does happen, but you know we like to see big hits. You know I think if you're 
you know, Jags fan and seeing Cisco do that kind of stuff. I think I don't think we'd shy away from a Cisco type player, do you? No, I don't. And to me, I didn't think, at least in real time and even seeing the replays, I didn't think either of those hits were egregious. It the seemed... first one could have been classified as defenseless player. The second one's fine. Probably so by the letter of the law, but I don't think that as we were talking about when we were watching the game in in real time, I mean, football is a game played at full speed to to ask a guy to pull up in that situation. I feel like is nearly as, as, you know, hard to do as what you were talking about. So to me, it's you, you run the risk of injury either way, but I, I do feel like at a certain point, football has gotten to a point where you have to recognize that it's again, played at full speed and these are some of the best athletes on the planet. Text line points out that Kadarius Tony a very good blocker. He is. It, you can go back to last week, made some outstanding blocks. It'll be interesting to watch this game again um, and see his blocking uh, this week compared to last week because it was outstanding. By the way, Jeff, Saturday, 25, Raiders 20. Raiders driving the ball, though. There's three, uh, 206 left in this game. The Raiders uh, have crossed midfield looking to, to score. Will they beat them? Will they beat Jeff Saturday in his debut, his coaching debut, which he has as much coaching experience as Jed Knight combined? Well, not, I mean, coming into this game, but now he's also on the verge of being the greatest coach in NFL history, he, being undefeated. He could be an undefeated never NFL lost. head coach. I know. It's insane. It's insane. The Broncos lose today. The Titans, the Chargers uh, play tonight against the 49ers. Of course, the Chiefs play the Chargers next Sunday night and will be here. For that, we're going to take a time out. We come back. We'll head back inside that locker room and hear from Andy Reid. Welcome back to Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show. Jay Binkley with Jed Marshall. Chiefs win by 10 points and continue to be the most dominant team in the AFC. Nothing ever changed. Everybody got on the Buffalo Bills bandwagon. Mahomes today, I mean, he should be the talk of the NFL for being the MVP. Uh, Josh Allen had his chance, and he fumbled at the one. His own one, the Vikings scored, and he threw a late pick. I had two interceptions today. You know the Bills? NFL rumors put this out on Twitter. So they hadn't scored a touchdown in the second half in four weeks. Actually, it's been three full games. Um, they did score against the Kansas City Chiefs, but there's been three full games since that Chiefs game where they have not scored in the second half. So I know the text line, uh, not happy about the hits by Cisco. And again, we can debate the first one. The second one, he didn't really lead with his head. And the first one, defenseless. Okay, I'll give you the first one. The first one was a defenseless player. Juju was a defenseless player in that position. But I'm of the understanding that this happens from the Chiefs doing it. I'm probably taking their back. I mean, that's, that's how close this thing was. Like if Thornhill hit somebody like that or Reed, I'm probably taking their side. It's like, what else are they going to do? They're going full speed, the momentum. I mean, it's tough to play defense and stop your body on a dime. It's that, it's that close. But yet, we would be defending had the Chiefs done these hits. I think saying, well, he didn't leave with his head. and That's a crap call. You know we would be doing that if it happened to be on the Kansas City Chiefs side. Big Red spoke today as well. We'll get to your phone calls in just a minute. 913-586-7610. Here's Andy Reid, game brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Okay. Um, as far as the injuries go, um, Juju Smith and uh, Chris Lamons have concussions, so they'll go into the uh, protocol part of it and do that. Andrew Wiley um, sprained his elbow, and we'll just see how he does. He'll have an MRI tomorrow as we go. All in all, uh, it was a 
<clears throat> good game to get. Doug's got it. Doug's done a really nice job with this crew, and um, and I I know he's got this young quarterback that he's developing, and I know they'll continue to get better um, down the road. But gave us all we could handle there, and and. Uh, um, it ended up being a good, good game. So uh, the crowd was unbelievable, loud, and um, uh, they're crazy. I mean, it's a, a, it's a beautiful thing to have a home like this, and and uh, for our players and and coaches. Um, as far as some of the individual achievements, uh, Pacheco had a nice day today, uh, running the football, and that also was part. Do with the, the offensive line doing a nice job. MVS had a, a big catch at the end that um, I, I thought was tremendous, but he had a good day all the way around. But he had that big catch at the end on our sideline that was great. Carlos um, got his hundredth sack, and yeah, my hat goes off to him. That's a that's a lot of football right there to get get you into those numbers. Um, and he's he's done a nice job here with him. Um, Kadarius got introduced to. Uh, Kansas City a little bit more than what he what he had last week and and had a nice day some some nice plays in there uh, the young DBs you know uh, all of them I mean 23 21 35 they um, I thought played well Chris Saunders I mean these guys had sacks and I thought they played well all, all day so all in all it was a good game uh, we've got plenty of things to to work on that we need to clean up uh, a few too many mistakes, but again, um, not easy to win in the National Football League, so we cherish each one of these as we go. What's enabled Kadarius to get integrated into all this so fast? You know, you, you'll have him here in a second, but he's he's a smart kid, and uh, he does pick it up easy, um, although he's willing to spend time at it too, so he's not just uh, getting the, the plays and then not studying. Um, he, he spends the time at it. Uh, he's very talented. Um, we're trying to give him some things that he's done before and then adding one or two things the last couple of weeks that, that he's not used to doing so he can continue to grow. But And then, you know, the quarterback has trust in him because of the feel he has. Is there a place for that hit that happened on Francisco on Juju in the game or is that hit not to, need not to be in the game? Well, as long as there's contact in the head, I mean, I, I, it doesn't need to be in the game. So it looked like there was contact to the head from where I was standing, but... I'm not the, the one making that, that call. So. Did you get any explanation for why there was a flag you picked up? Did they explain that piece of it to um, you? Yeah, they said that he hit with his, his shoulder. Um, and so that's why they picked it up. I, um, you hit somebody in the head, you're, you're hitting in the head. But they said it was shoulder to shoulder is what they said. And, um, you know, he obviously was in a uh, pretty bad position there uh, for hitting shoulder to shoulder, so. Andy, uh, why was Pacheco your primary back today? Was he just going with a hot hand, or, or is there more to it than that? Yeah, no, they all played, um, and he was he was uh, going, so we tried to get him into the flow, and he did a nice job with it. Uh, we're lucky that we have three guys that we feel that comfortable with uh, putting him in, so. And he had the, the fumble down there in the, the red zone, went right back to him. It's what you want to see from him responding after a tough play. Yeah, he's a young guy, man. you got to get back on the horse. So he was upset that he, he fumbled. He learned from it. Now you got to go. So. 
just a little uh, house cleaning thing. At the beginning of the game, you guys won the toss and generally defer. What was the, the choice there on that, or did they do the right thing? Yeah, that wasn't a good choice. So or we, we goofed that one. A little miscommunication. Coach, can you talk about the fact you guys are able to win? Uh, and I'm not going to say easily, but you're able to win despite being down 3-0 on turnovers and you had that onside kick. Yeah, yeah, well... Uh, tribute to the guys, the coaches, and the players, but we got to get rid of some of that stuff um, that you're talking about. Make sure we clean that, clean it up. Uh, you don't, you, know, you shoot yourself in the foot, it's going to come back and bite you. So we got to make sure that we we take care of business there. I wanted to ask one more thing on the yeah. juju head. What what is sort of as a head coach? I mean, you care about all these guys when you're walking on the field and you see a guy in that position. Yeah, that's not good. That's not a good feeling at all. And uh, that's what I tried to explain to, to the officials there, that um, guys don't get hit in the shoulder and lay around like that right there. So you know, there's more to it. Somewhere the head was involved. And, um, and, and so that's what the rules put in for, for that type of thing. How impressive have you been with the defense, just considering um, it seems to be hitting on all cylinders and you really leaned into a lot of these younger guys? Yeah, and they're getting better every week. Uh, that's part I like the most. Uh, uh, they're working hard. They've bought in. Um, uh, I, I like the veterans and how they've kind of helped these guys along, even though it might take a little playing time away from, from them. But it's um, uh, they've been very gracious with that. And, uh, and you know, that's, what, that's a neat thing to have on a team. You know. A couple more. No rushing attempts for Clyde. Is that by design? Um, no, not at all. Uh, it's just the way it worked out. You know, the other kid got most of the rushes. So, all right. There's Andy Reid from the Chiefs locker room. Keep this in mind. He's only made missed the playoffs one time with the Chiefs. It was 2014, and he was nine and seven that season. By the way, Jed Jeff Saturday is now one and zero as an NFL head coach. Josh McDaniels should be fired for the Raiders, losing to Jeff Saturday, who, by the way, tweeted out a few weeks ago. Did you see that? Because back when he was ESPN analyst a couple weeks ago, NFL tonight and all this crap, mm -hmm. he said the Raiders are horrible. Oh. And yet here he goes and goes and plays them, and then he beats them. So, well, proving his theory he's that they right are horrible. Check. They and are really horrible. I mean, this division sucks, but the Chargers, they're dealing with injuries like the Chargers always do. But the Broncos suck, and the Raiders really, really, really suck. Well, and think about where we sit now, because what was the whole talk coming into this season? That the AFC West, with all of the quarterbacks, was going to be the best division in football, and it's turning out not to be that way. It's just funny how the NFL season has, has uh, taken shape. And the Raiders keep losing their first-round picks. I mean, the Mike Mayock picks are, like, gone, except for Josh Jacobs, who continues to do his deal. Cardinals 24, Rams 10. Cardinals looking for their fourth win of the year. Charger, or excuse me, the Rams, three and five after winning the Super Bowl last season. It's tough to stay on top. It is very tough to stay on top. Ask the Rams what the Chiefs are doing is unprecedented. The Buccaneers get their fifth win over over the Seahawks, twenty one to sixteen. The Vikings beat the Bills thirty three thirty. The Lions thirty one. The Bears thirty in a colossal matchup. Broncos uh, lose the Titans seventeen to ten. The Browns lose the Dolphins, hammered by the Dolphins, 39-17. to Giants 24, Texans 16, and, of course, the Steelers 20 and the Saints 10. Let's go to Dan, who's been patiently waiting on the phone. Good evening, Dan. Uh, 
good evening, yeah. Bing. How you doing? Boy, that was some game. I just got back from the Power and Light District, and it was a real good game. Didn't start off real well with the onside kick and the turnovers, but she sung in there. And I agree with you, Bing. The first one, they should have called the penalty on uh, Juju. It didn't make no sense. And the second one, it was pretty cool. So what do you think? I think uh, Cisco should have been penalized for that one on Juju. It didn't make no and sense. He might be. He might be. That? He might be when it comes out. When, when the penalties come out through the NFL, he might get a get a get a fine, and I do expect him to get a fine when all said and done, and people can take a look at the play. They also screwed up earlier. Gabe Davis shouldn't have had a catch in that Bills game. Didn't matter because the Vikings ended up winning the game, so it didn't actually matter. Uh, but the Kansas City Chiefs get the win, twenty-seven to seventeen over the Jags. Guess what? The Chiefs play the Chargers on the road next week. It's been flexed to Sunday night. What's Mahomes' record on the road in the division? 13-0. Pretty good. Won his last 24 games in the month of November and December. Pretty good. By the way, he'll be the odds-on betting favorite for the National Football League MVP starting on Monday. Jed Marshall producing the operation. Thank you. Big thanks to Josh Klingler, sideline reporter of the Kansas City Chiefs, and of course, co-host Fesco in the morning, and Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, Arrowhead Pride. Thanks to you all for listening to the show. We'll see you next week.